How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs, and here is a happy Memorial Day to you, Marines, sailors, soldiers, and airmen, and you Coast Guardies too. We appreciate in this day's for you. We're going to talk a little bit about your Chiefs, and I hope that helps you. I know we have guys and girls listening in Afghanistan and Kuwait, Iraq, I've seen the traffic come in from all over the world, and I know y'all are deployed, and this one's for you. Chiefs Kingdom, we're going to talk about where the OTAs are. They've been through a few practices, and they haven't uh, gotten too far yet. Um, The first week's in the books, and though this is a holiday, they're going to be back at it uh, late on Tuesday, and we'll have more for you then too. But today we're going to start, and we're going to talk about the defense. And we're back. We were talking about where this team's at. The first little initial round of OTAs, first couple of practices have gone through. Uh, a couple of things have popped. You know, it's that time of year where we're probably reading in a little more than we need to at every little thing. But um, it's still something that we should talk about. So, Chris, where do you feel that they are after their first set of uh, practices? I think they're in a good spot. You know, you obviously would like to see all of your defensive players there that uh, you're going to be relying on. And, you know, Marcus Peters not being there. Uh, is one thing, but you know I don't think anybody can really question Eric Berry and Justin Houston being ready and uh, ready to go when the time comes. So I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, in general, uh, those three guys being Pro Bowlers and being the leaders of this defense, I'm not terribly concerned about it because anytime they miss reps, a, a young guy's getting them, which bolsters the back end of, of that position group. And um, I agree with you. I don't think any of them are going to miss these workouts in terms of having it be a detriment to what they do during the season. And honestly, I think it might save them for longevity down the stretch is this team, you know, making that jump from, you know, not making the playoffs a couple seasons ago to getting a playoff win to going another week deeper. And hopefully this team's ready to go uh, another step or two. Uh, I think any reps that they save now may help them down the line. Well, on the other side of that is, is not only that, but you also have to look at the fact that you know, you've got a couple of guys that have been there before. They're not changing the defense. The defense is going to be pretty much the same. Those three guys already know their responsibilities. This is all about uh, putting the system in place, especially for the new guys. Um, so I, I think they're going to be in a good position. Now, those two position groups, I think there's a little bit of concern just outside of them that we need to address. And first and foremost – Yes, Justin Houston's missed a lot of time. Um, He came back. He played well for a couple of games. He did some good things. At the end, he wasn't able to make it down the stretch. But a full offseason for a guy who keeps himself in very good shape all the time, um, I I think he should be ready to go. And a lot of questions have come up this week about about D Ford, about his acknowledgement that he he did kind of hit a wall, uh, both in terms of injury and I think flipping sides, again, probably set him back in terms of mechanically what he was feeling comfortable doing. Do you see him 
able to take that next step forward? Well, to me, that's obviously the question that has to be answered. Uh, I think he has, he's got the talent to, the question has always been with him. Is he, is it going to happen? Uh, and I can't really answer that right now. Uh, you know, I thought it was going to happen last year, and then he got hurt. Uh, I think he did very well coming from uh, Houston side, and then when he switched over, he got hurt and wasn't able to be as as effective. Uh, so time will really tell with him. He's got to be able to uh, eat up, you know, the left tackle on a regular basis because Houston's not moving, and, and nor really should he. Um, so it's it time will tell on D Ford. I hope he can be successful because it really adds to what the Chiefs can do if he is. Now, Tomba missing these practices, I don't think is a concern in itself um, because he is there. And we've seen him uh, through reports working with the young guys, uh, working on hand technique. You know, the things that he does well, that he can pass on to these younger guys. He's there as kind of a coach on the field. Uh, and I, I think that's great. In general, though, another year older. A guy that was a part-time player last season uh, cannot live up to to what his legacy is. Do you think he still has something to the tank, or are we looking at this having to be even less of a role than it was last season? If he can't get his knee problems figured out, it's going to have to be l- less of a role than it was last season. Um, you know, I love Tomba, and, and I hope he can play well. But uh, and you know, I'm not trying to degrade the guy by saying he's got knee problems, but that's the reality of it. He just doesn't have that ability right now if if his knees aren't fully healthy so he doesn't need to be taking these reps because it's all about uh, saving his body for the season we're very excited to tell you about this come join the locked on podcast network we are hiring a national sales manager we're the fastest growing sports podcast network on the planet and we've got a ton of information on nba and nfl we're looking for somebody to come in and manage our sales and take it to the next level for the nba channel the nfl channel all of our shows as well as the whole network together if you have the skills come send your resume over to locked on podcasts at gmail.com that's locked on podcast at gmail.com. Get into the game. We are looking for you. I was encouraged beyond those three. I mean, those are your guys. But for the reasons that we've already talked about, there's questions at all three of your, your top three pass rushers. And because of that, you have to take a look at who who's behind them. And um, encouraging video of uh, Daddy Nicholas this week doing some squats. Not terribly heavy, but nice range of motion. Um pretty much to a close frame of range of motion from what I saw. Um, and that's pretty solid for this time of year. It, he might be ready for training camp to participate some. I don't anticipate that he was hurt very, very late in the season, the last regular season game. Um, but he needs to take a step forward. Hopefully he's been able to train his upper body, get a little more upper body strength to hopefully set the edge a little bit better when he is back on the field. Um, any concern with him being the primary backup going into the season? I'd say there has to be concern with him being the primary backup just because of his lack of an experience or lack of experience. Uh, I think that he doesn't give them, uh, you know, a great pass rush. He is not built to defend the run, and that's really going to hurt his value against the uh, pass because teams are going to be wanting to run at him, and they may switch and do more of a running format if it's you know down distance dictates that it, that. It, they can. 
so it's going to have to be something where he's going to have to bulk up and he's going to have to have that upper body strength and the lower body strength, which is going to be really hard with his injury uh, so late in the year. So it, him having that position is going to be interesting to watch. I, I'm hoping that he proves me wrong, but you know, I would expect that he's going to have a much bigger jump from year two to year three than year one to year two. Yeah, and they may, may be applicable. Yeah, and the thing that's hit me this Go ahead. I just want to say the other side of that is, is I don't know that they were really planning on him playing a big part anyway in year two. I mean, they signed they signed Holly to a contract that is a decent is a pretty decent amount of money for a pass rusher. So to me, that means that they thought that the, he was going to be productive enough, uh, and that's what they're really hoping on right now. Yeah, and the thing that's really struck me is that they need him sooner than they wanted to. And beyond that, we've talked several times this offseason that this might be the end of Frank Zombo's run in Kansas City. But if these questions linger into the start of training camp, I just can't see them separating from him. Well, that's certainly possible. I would, I personally would love to see it be the end of Frank Zombo's campaign in Kansas City just because I don't think he really gives them a great pass rush. Uh, but, you know, he's reliable enough and, and he started – so many games because they trust him. So there's obviously something they like and, and he's reliable enough. He knows the defense. So, I mean, there's something there, there's something to that as well. I just don't know that he's really going to be able to give him a push that they really needed that position. And that's my question as well. And I know we talked about it pre-draft. I, I wanted them to get somebody on the edge that could provide more pass rush. Uh, and the team elected not to do it. And I, I know there's some out there that are concerned about that. Adam Teicher made a couple of comments that, you know, that maybe they've left themselves with the cupboard a little too bare. And I don't know that I'm ready to say that, but it's definitely something that all of these these top four have to be monitored pretty heavily when we get to camp. Oh, absolutely. And they did sign somebody in Tariq Williams or brought somebody in, in Tariq Williams that will be interesting. Uh, you know, he's bounced around the league. He was a charger. So, uh, you know, he might not pr- provide a lot, but, uh, you know, they did, they did bring in somebody else. Well, and they are back on the field on, uh, what is it, Tuesday? Tuesday and Wednesday, the 30th and 31st. So hopefully uh, he can get back out there and we'll see what happens with him. Now, the other premier position on a defense is the corner spot. And with Peters out, again, not worried about him, but what does it do for the rest of them uh, in terms of their reps? And they have a gluttony of talent at the the corner position. So getting more reps for those guys, I think, is great in general. But one guy that I want to talk about, because Andy Reid came out and had some things to say about Terrence Mitchell this week. And, you know, we've been going back and forth all offseason, uh, including with Seth, who's very, very comfortable. Um, but Reed came out and said, quote, now people have had an opportunity to study him. So we'll find out. He understands that. So we'll work through the challenge and quote. And so that's the thing that I've been saying is it, having that offseason to really break a corner down and study him. This is going to be the biggest challenge for how a team goes to attack him, who they put on him and how they go about it. And I'm still interested to see how he comes through. Obviously, Reed is as well. How are you feeling about his chances to be the number two corner? And if so, how how that puts the team in a position to win? Well, I think he's got a great chance to be the that guy. I don't think he's going to be the number two, though. I think that belongs to Steven Nelson. 
uh, and Nelson just shifts inside when they go to three corners. Um, you know, the, the, I think that Terrence Mitchell shows has shown that he can play on the outside. It's going to be interesting to see. And, you know, B.J. Kissel had a story about Terrence Mitchell saying he got cut seven times in three years and twice by the Chiefs. So that tells you, you know, this guy's been around. Uh, you know, he hasn't really stuck. Um, you know, maybe Emmett Thomas finally was able to, and, and Al Harris were finally able to find something that got him, you know, to a point where he was really good. I that that changed his technique. It's just going to be something that's going to have to be watched, and you know, we'll have to go from there. I think that he'll be okay uh, moving forward, but the question is, is it going to be something that's going to be uh, the long term answer? You know, we really won't know that until probably the end of this year. I'm, I'm very interested to see. There's a couple other guys that are, are doing some good things, I, and the more reps they get, the better. But the thing that stood out to me, and, and I saw a clip of it somebody took on their, their phone, and, and Jordan Stearns made a couple of picks early. And like I said the other day, these are OTAs. These are shells. This isn't contact. This isn't press. This is basically running through concepts. But the thing that stands out to me is I think the players that have the most opportunity to make a, a name for themselves or do something that stands out to the coaching staff are the wide receivers and corners. Because I think what they do in a walkthrough is is closest to what they do on the field. Uh, you know, there's space, there's, there's hand fighting, and there's their play on the ball. And I think Stern's Went forward and and made a statement for himself, getting a couple of picks, a couple of pass breakups. Um, I like the fact he's wearing number forty because I miss James Hasty wherever you are, uh, and I like seeing that number out there again. But is there? Do you like what Stearns is doing? Do you see any of the other guys, uh, maybe UFA's or, or uh, McQuay or any of the the late round draft choices that you think might be able to make a push here uh, in the secondary? Well, you know, you got a guy like Stan- Jean Baptiste. Uh, that I think is very intriguing. He's got the size. He just never was able to put it together in New Orleans. Uh, but to be fair, you know, I look at the New Orleans team and they haven't really had a great defense ever uh, that I can remember when Walter mm. Brees was there. Yeah. Um, and they've had maybe one corner that I can think of that was really pretty good. Uh, and I think he even struggled while he was in New Orleans. I mean, he made some plays, but it wasn't like – uh, him playing in other places, but so you know you have to wonder if some of that's coaching. Um, and when it comes to Kansas City, you know don't get me wrong, Marcus Peters is good. Marcus Peters would have been good uh, no matter where he went, in my opinion. But I think him coming to Kansas City has made him what he is. Uh, you know, getting that coaching from Al Harris and getting that coaching from Emmett Thomas has really made him what he is. So that could really. Uh, pay dividends, and that's one of the reasons why Kansas City's secondary is so good, I think, is because of the coaches that they have, uh, because they're able to put their players in the right positions, and they're able to uh, bring out their uh, strengths and find the strengths that fit together correctly. Yeah, and it's, so, it's funny that you bring up New Orleans, too, because just like you're talking about with the corners, I think the the linebacker group is an interesting one as well, because I don't think their coaching has been that good in New Orleans, and there's rumor that they are willing to move on or trade Stefan Anthony, who was one of the uh, more explosive athletes in his draft, a couple of seasons with with mediocre at best coaching, and he hasn't really developed. Um, is that a guy maybe that Gary Gibbs can really mold? Is that a, another young guy uh, that they might be worth making an investment in? 
It could be, but the question is, is how, you know, how's he going to fit on this roster? I mean, right now you're looking at a pretty full roster when it comes to uh, the Chiefs. Is it possible they go out and get a guy like that? It's possible. Uh, but then, you know, you're pretty much guaranteeing that Frank Zombo is probably gone unless you're going to put Daddy Nicholas on IR because there's no way he's getting through waivers. Um, and you don't, and you're not going to lose him. Uh, and they're probably going to have to keep five inside linebackers. So where are you going to go short the rest on the rest of the defense? Yeah, and we know they like to keep a lot of DBs as well, especially with the talent in this group. So that may be a, a hard thing to shoehorn into this defense. Well, and they've and they've also kept four tight ends the past couple of years, which you know whether or not they do that this year will be interesting. But uh, you know that makes you go short somewhere else and that's a good question folks we're going to be back tomorrow and talk about the offense in the same way so thanks for listening today and we'll talk to you then thanks for listening to the locked on chiefs podcast while you're out there give us a rating or review and reach out to us on twitter at ryan tracy nfl and at chris clark nfl we'll talk to you next time